Greetings, this is Pastor Stan Harvey of the Pentecostals of Sydney. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. It is our hope that this message, whether it be a Sunday service or a midweek lesson, would be a blessing and a help to you in your spiritual journey. Stay connected with us on our website, posydney.com, or on our numerous social media platforms. Now to the service. give honor to all of our ministers and our leaders here this morning. Well, if you have your Bibles, I know we've been kind of doing, uh, you know, a few leg workouts this morning. Stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. But if you would just indulge me one last time, if we can stand to our feet for the reading of the word of the Lord. I feel strongly here this morning, Pastor Ben, I, I, I really feel like that the Lord is here to to answer some needs in the lives of people today. I believe that somebody here this morning is is on the edge of stepping into the promise of God for your life. And I don't know what that is, but if this service is new to you, if you're a guest, that's your first time here and you're your first time to an apostolic Pentecostal church, I want you to know we're a little bit crazy here. We get a little bit passionate and, and zealous with our love for the Lord, but Uh, At the end of the preaching, what we do here is we have what we call an altar call service where we extend an invitation to respond to the preach word of God to come down to this front section here and uh, pray and seek after the, the will of the Lord for your life. And we have ministers and leaders here that would love to pray with you and pray for you. And I believe that God is going to speak to us here this morning. Does anyone believe that here this morning? Did you come with expectation? Because I don't know about you. I haven't come to just socialize. I haven't come to just have a good time one with another. I've come to receive from the word of the Lord today here for my life. Amen. Let's go to the book of Numbers, chapter 13, beginning at verse number 26. Numbers, chapter 13, verse number 26. Say amen when you have it. And it reads, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron, and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us, and truly it flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Dropping down to verse number 30, after receiving this report from this group of men that had gone into the land of Canaan to spy out the land, to assess the conditions of the land, there was a great stirring amongst the people. There were many that were discouraged at the report that the people in this land were strong and their cities were fortified. They were large cities and this created such a discouragement in the hearts of the people of God. But in verse number 30, there arises a man by the name of Caleb and it says that Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, 
let us go up at once and take possession. For we are well able to overcome it. Hallelujah. In the midst of a people who were so overcome with fear, there was a man who stood in faith, trusting in the Lord. Oh, that's a word right there for us, church. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter the circumstance. When you know who God is, when you know what the word of the Lord says, you can stand in faith on what God has promised. And he tried to persuade faith into the hearts of the people. But in verse number 31, it says, But the men who had gone up with Caleb said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out. You know what's so interesting to me about that is their initial report of the land was that it was fruitful, that it was good. Right up until that moment where we saw these large men and these fortified cities. And so all of a sudden their, their testimony begins to change. And their perspective of themselves and how God could use them begins to change. And they change the story and the story now becomes that it is actually, it's actually a bad land. In verse 33, it said, verse 32, he said that they gave the children of Israel a report that the land was, was bad, saying that the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, and we were like grasshoppers. Everybody say grasshoppers. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. Amen. We have been in a, a series for the past several weeks titled Unstuck. And most recently, our pastor preached to us and he reminded us that uh, sometimes there are, there are things and situations that we go through in life where the responsibility is on us, church, to create the capacity to make room for the power of God, the presence of God to come into our situation and deliver us from that which holds us bound, that which keeps us stuck. Pastor was preaching to us that the key to getting unstuck is to create room for God in your life. Amen. And so continuing on with that series this morning, I want to preach to you on this thought, unstuck from fear unstuck from fear would you turn to your person the person next to you and tell them fear not have courage the Lord is with us amen put your Bibles down lift your voices and would you pray with me one time for the word of the Lord Heavenly Father we thank you God for this great privilege 
of coming into your house this morning. We are counted blessed in all of the earth, Lord Father, because of the great mercy and the grace that you have extended to us. And we are so glad, O Lord, that they said unto us today, let us go up into the house of the Lord. There's no other place I would rather be today, Lord Father, than to be found in your house, than to get into your presence, because there in your presence there is fullness of joy and there are pleasures forevermore. And we are so thankful, Lord, to be here today. Bless the ministry of your word. Help me to do the best job that I can do today. Anoint your people to receive your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Praise the Lord. One more time, clap your hands to the Lord. And you may be seated here this morning. Amen. Unstuck from fear. I grew up in New Zealand, for those of you who may not know my, my testimony, I grew up in New Zealand as a, as a country boy, and uh, one of the, the things I really enjoyed as a, a young child growing up, well, my parents live on six acres of land, uh, and this is kind of a dream of my father-in-law, George, here. He, he really has a strong desire for a large piece of land because in his mind, the perfect world is that he wants all of his family to live on the same property, all together, staying together. And, uh, you know, that's a lovely idea right up until you start asking for butter and you start asking for sugar and you start, you know, and, and then you start reaching into one another's pockets. But... Uh, you know, in New Zealand, I grew up on six acres of land, and it was a farm, and I used to milk cows. And one of the favorite things I loved, used to love doing is, is riding horses, actually. And we had a horse in New Zealand, and one of the things I used to do when I would go for a ride on this horse is I, I, used, I learned how to first walk when riding a horse, and you're just kind of just walking. And then as I built up courage along the way, I then begin to learn how can I make the horse kind of move a bit faster, you know? And I begin to kind of just like give it a little, you know, kick and begin to kind of get, get the trot going on. And once I got kind of comfortable with the horse just trotting, I decided, you know, maybe if I just give it a bit of a harder kick, it might be able to go a little bit faster. And so as I begin to kick the horse harder, with, but, but definitely the, the horse began to move a lot faster and the horse went from walking to trotting to eventually running. And I was so comfortable on this horse going for this ride and I used to run it all the time in the backyard of my parents' house. Like I said, six acres of property. And then I thought one day I'm going to take this horse and, and I'm going to run it along the pedestrian, uh, not the pedestrian, but the grass kind of section out the front of my parents' house. And this grass section kind of extended uh, all the way along the road and it went for several kilometers and it was just straight. And so I was thinking, man, I'll be able to get a really good run in here if I can get the horse there. And so I took the horse down to this section of grass and, and I lined myself up past the bend and I've got the horse and I'm there and I'm, I'm ready and I'm, I'm keen. I'm like so excited to go for this run. And I went to go and smack the horse as hard as I could and the horse took off bolting. And when you... When, can I get a show of hands? Anyone who's ever ridden a horse, and have you ever gotten the horse to run? Anyone ever? Yeah? Okay, there's a rhythm 
that you have to kind of, you know, if you're not flowing in sync with the horse as it's running, it's a very uncomfortable ride. It's very bumpy. So you have to kind of be in sync with the horse. And, and so I was flowing with the horse running and the horse is taking off. And I'm like so excited because this is, it's nothing but straight before me. There's no hills and no turns. It's just straight. And we're bolting. And, and as we get about a kilometer down the road, I've got the biggest smile on my face. And then all of a sudden, the horse just pumps the brakes. And my face went from this to there in a second. And I went launching <laughs> in front of this horse like about three, four hundred meters. Like it was, it was crazy. It just hit the brakes, pumped its two front legs, and just, it did what is called a death stop. Now, that title in alone is enough to scare somebody in here, a death stop. And, and it just hit the brakes. I went flying. And, and man, praise the Lord, I didn't break a bone or anything. But most, most definitely, I was so full of fear after that experience. I didn't realize at that moment when I decided to take the horse for the run along this strip that the horse actually had a fear itself. And one of the fears that the horse had, which I come to learn after the fact, is that the horse actually didn't have horseshoes. And I was about to, I was trying to run this horse across a gravel driveway. And the horse, realizing the rocks that were before it, decided, I ain't doing that. That's a trip, Wiki, that you're taking by yourself. Literally. Hit the brakes. And, and I went flying, and, and I just I really didn't realize at that time that the horse was, was afraid of going past this particular, this particular boundary. And to give you a little context with today's story that we just read about, the, the children of, of Israel are walking towards the promise of God. God has declared a blessing, has prophesied, has spoken to the children of Israel a blessing that they would take possession of a land called Canaan. And God had declared to them that this land of Canaan would be their land. It was the promise of God for his people that they would have this land, this land called Canaan. And when you look into the Bible and you study this journey that they were on and this promise of the land of Canaan, what you come to learn is that this was a promise given by God that extended all the way back to the patriarch Abraham. This was a promise that was given to God long before Moses steps on the scene, long before the children of Israel pitches their tent in a wilderness called Paran in a place called Kadesh, long before they ever got there. Generations, hundreds of gen years prior, the word of the Lord had already gone forth. It was a word that was given in a covenant through Abraham. And we read about this in Genesis chapter 17. And verse number six, if we go there, it says, God is speaking to Abraham here. And he says to Abraham, I will make of you an exceedingly, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. 
And I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. And here comes the promise of the land of Canaan. God says to Abraham, also I will give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession. This was God's covenant with Abraham. This was God's promise to the children of Abraham that they will take possession of this land. Can I submit to you today, church, that there is the promises and the blessings of God that precede the people of God? Can I submit to you today that there is the word of God that goes before the people of God? We're not a bunch of people just wandering around in this world without any guiding light. We're not just some random people in this world walking blindly after our own will. When it comes to the people of God, we are following after the will and the purpose of God for our life. It was the word of God that had already gone before Moses and the children of Israel. And we need to be reminded sometimes, church, that, you know, sometimes we think when we don't hear the voice of God, that the voice of God is silence, is silent in our lives, that we take that to mean that the presence of God is absent from our lives. When we don't hear what God is saying, when we don't see the visible uh, manifestation of the presence of God. We tend to think that that God is not with us. And what we need to remind ourselves of, church, is that the word of God, that the promises of God are forever settled. They are the word of God. His word never fails. His word will never fall short. His word, the Bible says to us in Isaiah 55 verse 11, it says that the word of God does not return void. It will go forth and accomplish all that the Lord intends for his word to do. And there are the promises of God that have gone before us. Long before you ever made that decision, to give your life to God. Can I tell you that there was a word that went before you? Long before you ever made that decision that I am going to change my life, that I'm going to stop walking and living a life of sin, can I tell you that the word of God had already been spoken over you? Oh, I don't know. That gives me confidence, church. God is with me. God has his hand on me. That I ain't going to be perfect even before I repented of my sins. God had already decided he wanted a relationship with me. His word had gone before me. The word of the Lord tells us when it comes to us as the church in today's context that Jesus, Jesus for the joy that was set before him, that he endure the cross. That even before while we were yet sinners, the Bible says, did Jesus give his life for us? That was a word before you were ever here today. That was a word before you ever 
took up the call of God in your life today. God had already determined within himself. Jesus said, no man cometh unto the Father except by how? Except the Father draws him. That is the word of the Lord that God is reaching for humanity and that God is trying to draw in humanity regardless of what's going on in their life. The love of God is reaching to bring them in. That is happening as a part of the will of God because his word has declared it that from the foundations of the world, what? The lamb was slain before there was ever the earth. Before there was ever humanity, there was the plan of God that he knew humanity would need a savior, that he knew humanity would need to be led out of captivity. And God determined in himself that I will establish a way of escape for them long before they ever got there. Oh, can we clap our hands to the Lord this morning? This is where the children of Israel are at in this story. They, they don't know it, but they're about to step into the promise of God. And can I just stop here for a second to say to us, church, that, that sometimes we don't really realize just the moments in which we are about to step into the promises of God. Sometimes we don't register the timing and the moving of the Spirit of God that we can acknowledge God is about to release something. There are times in which we cannot discern when God is about to move in the Spirit and God is about to release giftings and God is about to, to release His power. There are times where we don't discern that church. And, and some of the reasons why we don't discern that it, it, it has to do with proximity. It has to do with how close you and I are in our relationship with God. Sometimes we miss what God is doing because we have no knowledge of the will of God. We have no understanding of what the word of God says. And the children of Israel at this moment, they, they did not really realize that this promise that God had given to Abraham was an everlasting covenant. It was a promise that extended, Pastor Ben, not just to Abraham's generation, but to the generations that would follow after. They didn't register that that promise that God gave Abraham over 500 years earlier was a promise that they were about to step into because they were not close enough to God to discern what was going on. Their proximity to God came in to the equation and because they were not close, they, they couldn't discern that God was actually with them. And so what happens in this story is that as they get to the land, the wilderness of Paran, they set up camp and, and they, they're there all together and then the word of the Lord comes to Moses and the word of the Lord begins to speak to Moses and tells Moses that Moses, you are to choose 12 men from among the nation, the tribes of Israel, one from every tribe 
men who were considered to be leaders, men of influence, men of authority. God said, choose 12 men and you are to send them out to spy out the land. And so this is what Moses does. He, he responds to the word of the Lord and he picks these 12 men. And the 12 men go into the land of Canaan and they begin to spy out the land. You know what this kind of reminds me of? It reminds me right now of a good friend of mine and two good friends of mine, Brother Greg and, and Sister Stephanie Hackathorn, who we all know in this church. It makes me think about what God is going to do on the central coast with the church that God is establishing for those who are lost over there. It makes me wonder what God is about to pour out in that, in that region, in that area, because these, these people, they were sent out to spy out the land, to assess the land. For what purpose, Moses? What was Moses' intention? Moses knows that the promise of God is before them. Moses has that awareness. Moses has that revelation. He knows that the covenant-keeping God is about to bring to pass that promise of God. And so Moses is sending out the people at the instruction of God to assess the land. He wants to know what is the people like in the land? What, what is the terrain like? What are the cities like? Have you ever stopped to wonder and to think about how and everything that goes on in the kingdom of God and all of the things that God is, is working and moving and his will that is, is having its way across the land? There are things that God wants us to know, church, about what's going on around us. There are some things that God wants us to be aware of with what's going on around us because God has a will and a plan for those people around you. He does. I know it may just seem like you're going to work. I know it might just seem like, young people, you're just going to school. I know it might just seem like you're just coming to church, but I'm telling you, there is a greater plan in the will of God with what God is doing in your life right now. When he sends you into a certain region, and they go out into this region, and their, their plan is to, to bring back a report to Moses about everything that's going on. And what the land is like. And, and as I said earlier, they, they go out, they spy, they come back. And they come back to Moses and they begin to give Moses this report of what the land is like. And they tell Moses, the land is fruitful, Moses. That reminds me of that story, you know, when, when Jesus was uh, going, he was making his way to a certain location, leaving Judea, and, and he was wanting to go to the northern kingdom part of Israel, and in order to get there, he had to pass through a particular land, and it was the land of Samaria, and, and many of the Jews didn't want to go through that, that section of land at that time, but Jesus said, I have a need to go there. I need to go through the land of Samaria. And he makes his way through there and he ends up meeting a Samaritan woman to whom he begins to preach and tell her that there is life that is coming for lost Israel, that there is the salvation of God that is coming. He begins to talk to her and then the, the disciples, they're gone. But when they come back, they're astonished that Jesus is talking to this woman. 
they're astonished that Jesus is, is beginning to actually have company, keep the company of this Samaritan woman because the Jews didn't want nothing to do with Samaritans in that day. But you know what Jesus did? He said to his disciples, you need to look up and you need to see that the harvest is ready. It's ready. It is ready, church. We're waiting for the perfect opportunity. We're waiting for the next great event. We're waiting for the next great preacher. We're waiting for the next great whoever. When what the Lord is saying to you, look up, look out, and realize that the harvest is ready. You don't need to wait on nobody. You don't need to wait on pastor. You don't need to wait on what your the other people in the church are doing. There are souls who are ready to receive the gospel of Jesus. And, and all the while, we're sitting here, we're thinking, no, 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 I'm, I'm happy in Paran. Leave me, Moses. We're happy in the wilderness of Paran. Moses is like, no, 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 no. We've, we've, we've come and we've got before us this great promise of God. God hasn't called us here into this wilderness. Can I pause here for just a moment and simply say to us, church, that sometimes there are seasons in which we have got to learn to wait on God. There are seasons in which we have got to learn to wait on the promise of God. A lot of times, we, we are so quick to want to move, and we are so fast to become disappointed, frustrated, and angry with the will of God when what God is wanting us to do is to trust in Him, to not lean upon your own understanding, but in all your ways, trust in Him, acknowledge Him. And what does the Word of the Lord tell us? That He will what? Direct our path. I was, I remember... Uh, a few years ago, uh, I was had a really troubled year, a, a struggle. It was a struggle for me. It was a grind for me in, in, in 2020, and it was a really difficult year for me. I was, I was having a, a lot of trials go on, and I was struggling with the will of God, and I was struggling with what God's plan was for my life, and I remember going through this, this season, and my wife, being the loving woman that she was, was constantly praying for me, and constantly encouraging me, and my, my pastor, my assistant pastors, mentors, and leaders in my life were, were constantly encouraging me, but I couldn't get out of this 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 feeling of feeling as though God wasn't with me and that the will of God was not happening in my life. And I felt as though I was, I was kind of stuck. And, and I began to just pray and fast and I turned to the word of the Lord. And, and I, would, I wish I could say to you, church, that it's, it happened in a moment that God delivered me, God healed me, God, God brought me out of that situation. But can I tell you, it went on for over a year and I was struggling with the will of God. And, and all of a sudden in prayer and fasting, God began to speak to me, and God gave me a word, and, and, and he encouraged me through the word he gave me that I am simply living for him because of his love for me. That's why I live for him. 
That's why I do what I do for him. I don't do it for any other reason than the fact that God loves me. And he reminded me of what the reason is, what the main purpose is. And that next year I went in and I was walking in my relationship with God. And all of a sudden I began to hear the voice of God begin to speak to me once again. And, and I'm going some here, somewhere with this, but... The, the voice of God began to direct me, Pastor Ben, and, and I began to have every step that I was taking was being ordered by the Lord. And doors begin to open up and prayers begin to be answered. And the power of God began to manifest in my life simply because I just leaned into my relationship with God. I just began to lean on my love for the Lord and build myself up there and things begin to happen. And, and all of a sudden, and I remember that I was at a gas station fueling up my car and the voice of the Lord began to speak to me and it gave me a very specific word, a very clear word and said to me that before the year finishes, Wiki, this is going to happen. And he said that to me in the month of about March, maybe April, and he said to me, before this year finishes, here's what's going to happen. And I went through that whole year just looking, Lord, when is it going to happen? Lord, you gave me this word. Lord, you gave me this promise. When is it going to happen? And I just begin to look, look, and I, I just begin to follow after the Lord. And then all of a sudden, several days before the year ends, exactly what God said to me would happen, happens. And I turned to my wife and I said, you remember the word that I told you that God gave me? She said, yes, darling, I remember. And I said, Here's what happened. And I told her, God brought to pass that which he had promised. And this is where the children of Israel are at, church. They're in a situation where they don't know what's going to happen. All they know is that the promise of the word of the Lord has gone before them. Can I speak to someone today that you are on the edge of stepping into the promise of God for your life. You are so close to it. You are right there. You are on the verge of stepping into what God has for you. Now is not the time for you to give up, for you to lay down the calling of God, for you to walk away from the purpose of God. You are about to... Lay hold of that which God has promised to give to you. You believe that this morning? Is that a word? If that's a word for somebody this morning, why don't you stand to your feet? Why don't you clap your hands, lift your voices? If that's a word for you, I believe if you respond right now that God's going to bring it to pass. This is the opportunity in which God is going to manifest the promise in your life. We're sitting around waiting, church. And we're waiting because we're fearful of the unknown. Lord, I don't know what that looks like for me. So if I could get the musicians to come. 
We're so fearful. Lord, I don't know what it's going to look like for me. I, I, I've got this desire that you've given me, Lord, to teach Bible studies, but I am so fearful that I'm going to mess it up. And because of that fear, you're stuck between the desire to do the will of God and to answer the call of God, and you're refusing to move into that because you are stuck, gripped, and overwhelmed by fear. Or perhaps God is calling you, so, whoever you are, God's calling you to begin to step out, lay hands on the sick, and begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, but you are so full of fear because you've never done it before, but God is prompting you. God is moving you, but you find yourself stuck in a rut, stuck in this situation of, Lord, I've never been there. I don't know what it's like. It's unknown. I had in our youth program this year, I had a young lady in our youth group. She came to me at the end of a small groups program lovely young lady. She's new in the Lord, but she came to me and she said, Youth Pastor Wiki, I want to share with you something. God had been speaking to me about stepping out and telling this brother over here that God is calling him to give his life to him and that he needs to be baptized for the remission of his sins because God desires him. She kept feeling that prompting for several weeks. And uh, for several days, rather, and God kept telling her. And there came a time where she was about to step out and respond to what God was saying. And she was, she was so fearful that she, she stepped back. And then later on, a few days later, that brother came to our youth program. We had an incredible youth service upstairs. And we had our, our brother Danny Lee and sister Samantha Lee. They preached to our young people, gave us an amazing word. And, and in that service, the word of God had gone before this brother. The, the promise, the, the, the prophetic word of God had gone before him. And he was stirred in his heart and he was moved in his heart. But he was still stuck. And he felt God prompting him to be baptized. And he felt God stirring him to give his life. But he, he felt stuck even after the incredible word that was preached. And then when the service closed and everyone's walking about, this young sister hearing the voice of God prompting her, you need to go and talk to him. You need to go and speak to him. She then responds, Pastor Ben. And she goes up and she talks to him. She steps out. In faith and she begins to speak to him and tells him here's what the Lord has told me to tell you and she began to tell him that he has already repented of his sins he already has a heart for God what he needs to do now is be baptized to have his sins washed away and that young man looked at her astonished and he said all right let's do it and here on a Friday night we baptized a young man by the name of Shaq because a young lady who refused to be held captive by fear stepped out and answered the call of God. The word had gone forth. It had preceded Shaquille. But it took a young lady willing to stand in the gap Step out in faith and trust in the word of the Lord. Can I tell you here today, church, how is it that you get unstuck from fear? The way in which you get unstuck by fear is by allowing the love of God to fill you. That's how you get unstuck from fear. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. Love is the key to destroying fear in your life. 
you're fearful of stepping out for God, I'm telling you, what you need to do is you need to come and give all that you have to the Lord and fall in love with God. And as the love of God begins to fill you, courage and confidence and faith and trust will begin to rise up in you because you realize that the love of the Father is protecting me. The love of the Father is guiding me. The love of the Father is ordering my steps. It is His love that then compels you to stand up and say, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know where God is going to go with this. But because of His love for me, and I know that He is with me, I have courage that God is going to do what He has promised. I don't know where you are at today, church. There's somebody that you've been, God's been prompting you to speak to and God has been drawing you to speak to, but you're a fearful. I'm telling you, if you would just lean into your love for God and allow the love of God to fill you, then God is going to release you to step into His promises, to step in and fulfill the will of God for your life. Could we lift our hands, lift our voices across the room here today? I believe that the word of the Lord has gone forth. If the word is spoken to you, would you begin to just pray? Would you begin to just call on the name of the Lord? Perhaps there's a loved one in your family that God's been trying to lead you to pray for, to reach out to. God's calling you to fall, lean into your relationship. I'm going to close with this scripture, and then I'm going to open up these altars. In the book of Revelation, chapter 2, Number five, the angel of the Lord says to the church in Ephesus, writing, These things says he who knocks on the seven, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them to be liars. And you have persevered and you have become weary. And you have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, here's what the Lord says. I have this against you that you have left your first love. That the reason... Can I say to us today, church, the reason sometimes we get stuck in fear and we get overwhelmed and we can't move forward in the will of God. It's not because God isn't with us. It's not because the word of the Lord fails us. It's simply because we have left that first love. We have moved away from our relationship with God, which is built on love. I want to tell you today, church, that God is about to release in this city, in this region. I'm I'm prophesying right now. I'm speaking in faith. I've already seen it happen over the last several months. But God is about to release the supernatural and His Spirit is about to be poured out all over this region. And all God is simply looking for is where are those that are going to trust in the Word of the Lord? Where are those that are going to fall in love with God? Where are those who are going to look out and see that the time is now. The harvest is ready. All you have to do is lean in to your love 
for God. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our voices. I'm going to pray for us. And then I'm going to open up these altars. And I'm going to invite anyone, if you have a desire and a burden, to be used by God, to have God move through you. Maybe it's to start a church. Maybe it's to teach a Bible study. Maybe it's to bring your family to the Lord. Maybe it's to pray for the sick. Whatever it is, I'm going to open up these altars, and I want to invite you to come this morning. And I believe that God is going to usher in His presence. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we pray for the ministry of your word today, that in your word that has gone forth, Lord. And we pray, Lord Jesus, for the faith that is in this place and the hearts that have been stirred, oh Lord God, that, oh Lord Father, your words, oh Lord Father, will never fail. Your word will never return void, oh Lord. You have given us promises, oh God, the promise to go forth into this world, to preach and to teach every single creature, Lord, to preach this gospel, to reach for the lost souls. And you have promised us that your spirit would be poured out in these last days oh God your word has gone before us oh Lord and we pray today Lord Jesus that as we are your hands and your feet that you would anoint us that you would embolden us that you would give us the courage Lord not to become overwhelmed and fearful of what it looks like before us but to simply understand that this is your will that this is your word to reach this world. I pray for every single person in this building today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, church. As we come to a close here, I want to open up these altars and I want to invite you to come down this morning. I don't know what your need is. I don't know what your situation is, but I invite you to come to this altar. Pray and seek the face of the Lord. Whatever is going on in your life, I'm telling you, God can heal you. Answer your prayers today. You are about to step in to the promises of God. But God is waiting on you, church. God is turning to you, church. Are you going to trust in His word today? Have this confidence because. Parent, please. 